We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. One and two. All right, welcome in, welcome in. It is Tuesday morning, the 15th. We're halfway through August, and uh, we are starting to turn the page. Looking forward to the San Francisco 49ers this week here in Broncos country. It's time for an episode of Broncos for Breakfast. I am Nick Kendall, joined by, as always, for these morning shows, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are you doing this morning? What's new? Uh, how you been the last 24 hours? Doing good. Just working away. You know, lots of Broncos. I've uh, been going through uh, videos and stuff, posting those on Mile High Huddle, and uh, really enjoyed listening to and watching Alex Singleton yesterday. I put up a couple of videos of him that'll be up this afternoon on Mile High Huddle YouTube page. Um, just linebacker, man. You know, mm-hmm. what What anybody my age loves about football is Alex Singleton. It's just the, the way he still thinks the game. It's that old school mentality. Just a, a lot of fun. So good to be here and uh, hope everybody's doing well. And some of the emotions have leveled back out a little bit after uh, a few days of reflection from the game and looking forward to the game, the, the next game for the Broncos at a much better hour. Yeah, hope, uh, hopefully no overtime. I'm honestly, I'd rather have the Broncos win, of course, but pretty happy that one didn't go any longer uh, than it had to with the backups. I mean, in a preseason, there should really be should. overtime in preseason. I just, was there just might not be. It. Is there, did they mention that? Cause I watched the condensed version, the last, last series. They did mention it um, in that. Now, that being said, are we taking those uh, Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, Ron Wolfley. Are we taking them for their word? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> He's got something coming out of his neck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> God, went on for like 10 minutes on that. But anyway, uh, I guess I'll just uh, say now I'm I'm in a different location right now. I'm still at my house, but my normal basement layer, um, my folding table that I'm typically set up on, have it set up upstairs where the uh, air conditioner is. So my wife, who works from... Uh, home um, can be much more comfortable. So I'm in her office. Luckily, it's not too hot here yet, but it's uh, hot this week in uh, the Pacific Northwest. And most houses out here in Seattle don't have any sort of air conditioner. So it's uh, when it's, you know, 80, 90 degrees and you don't have AC, it's pretty darn miserable, even though that's only, you know, typically seven to 10 days of the year. It doesn't matter. You know, put a $5,000 air conditioner on in, on a, a note of five hundred thousand dollars and it's like maybe 25 cents on your mortgage Hmm. put in the air conditioner you need it (laughs) yeah the uh, the big issue is renter i know but (laughs) you should be looking at that and that's how you that's how you get you put pressure as a consumer on the landlords oh you don't have ac Hmm. sorry i'm gonna go across the street to this guy it's 25 dollars more a month don't care yeah we have a tower air conditioner unit that works pretty well for one room um, so we can sleep in that. But during the day, can be pretty miserable. But uh, you know it's not miserable? I know there's Super Chat starting to come in. But when you flash this big in here, uh, we want to get to you. F.A., coming in here. Hope you're doing well. So good. F.A.'s coming in hot pink. Yeah, gosh, I'm I'm turning red, not just because it's hot in here. Um, and there's no airflow. But uh, F.A. coming in. Says, I have a great show. We'll watch later. Hot take of the day. Raiders are world beaters. They spank the Niners. <laughs> Broncos country will be all right. So F.A. obviously using a little bit of a... Uh, sarcasm here uh the Raiders fourth stringers kind of look good against the 49ers fourth stringers uh Aiden O'Connell the backup quarterback rookie from Purdue for the Raiders actually looked really good I think he went 13 for 15 with two touchdowns uh but um yeah Raiders 
not world beaters. Um, we'll see what they look like week one, but uh, I don't think that's going to be a very good team uh, this year. Probably hovering around. Well, what would you think Vegas has the Raiders at? Six wins, seven wins, probably something around there. That sounds about right. Um, I, I don't know. I just I don't know how you back Josh McDaniel at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then if if Jacobs doesn't come in, um, you know, is Garoppolo an upgrade on Derek Carr? It's a push at best, I think. At best. Um, you know, and especially when you're talking about familiarization and everything. So um, we'll see. We'll see. Got to beat them, though. You know, it's been a while. Yeah. And uh, but no, the Raiders preseason tis a season for overreaction. And, and F8 to that point. And again, thank you, my friend. Yeah. Week one is an overreaction. You mm. know, there's somebody's going to lose. It has, you know, as a Super Bowl contender and the the headlines are going to start jumping and all that, you know, give me, give me three games at least um, to, to start forming a, an opinion. And I think is going to be fairly valid for the course of a 17 game season, as opposed to just a one game. And especially good Lord game one of the preseason for goodness sakes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, we're going to have, because we have the, you know, three, four times a week kind of show on here. It's pretty hard for us to be not too, reactionary sometimes because we're reacting to what's the latest news in this kind of cycle that we're in. But, you know, for the Russell Wilson stuff, for Sean Payton, this offense this season, people will be asking, asking on Twitter or whatever, you know, what do you think? What is your reaction after, you know, game one? It's like, typically my response is give me six to eight weeks of games so we can kind of get, you know, a better baseline of what to expect. But uh, hard to do that um, because people want analysis after one game, but have to understand it's painting a bigger picture. It's always, I like to say, Puzzle pieces. We're putting together puzzle pieces, but that's only one puzzle piece at a time. You can get an idea from the one puzzle piece. It's painting the picture, but it's not standalone. Yeah. And, you know, your questions going in, I mean, the biggest concern, what was your biggest concern from what you saw? And FA's coming in back to back here. So we're, oh, we're going to, Troy, I see you coming. Troy's listening later too. We'll, we'll, we'll get to you in a second, Troy. And I saw your follow up on that too. So we're, we'll take care of you, Troy, but FA's coming in hot this morning. Um, you know, what was your number one concern with the Denver Broncos after if if that was what you're watching? This was a game. This is what I saw. What's my number one concern? The offensive line. Offensive protection. Line. Yeah. Offensive line. Kicking game is there too, but I feel like you can replace kickers easier. You know, it's just one player and it's just like, hey, they suck. We'll bring in somebody else. If the offensive line is bad, it's pretty hard to dig out right. from one season. I, I, I agree. You know, I kind of led you right into that because I yeah. agree. It was kind of rhetorical. We've already talked. But yeah. <laughs> um, the, the offensive line, sh- I, I have it's faith, I guess, that it will get better than what we saw in game one of a preseason with a new scheme, new coach, new coordinator, two new guys, um, two new guys uh, on the lines. You know, if anything, my one of my my two biggest takeaways on that weren't the offensive line as a whole was okay. We need to see Garrett Bowles getting better, you know, health wise, and and come back. And two was I'm was encouraged with what I saw from Lloyd Cushenberry. Yeah. Okay. That's that's my big emotional hot take. And, and Nick, when you said we're here three or four times a week, so it'd be hard. My initial thought was to get too high or too low. Like I can't bring the shock reaction every day it's too phony i just yeah i've got to have some sort of even keel when we're we're we're, when we're in here we're we see we see all every day i can't just go too high and too low and especially not week one preseason yeah i mean sometimes i feel like i can get a little bit too high or too low depending on you know some things that drive me nuts like just stupidity on the field or like horrible special teams play. Like I just don't have any patience for that. So I'll probably you're get not going to make a personnel judgment. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we can get some confirmation bias. Yeah. You know, if, if Lloyd Cushenberry had been awful, we probably would have said, see, he's awful. Yeah. But no, no one, he wasn't. And two, I'm not going to, well, he was really good. I'm not going to go have a parade and say, okay, the, the center position is fixed. No, let's, let's see it. Yeah. And I'm not ready to 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 wheel Garrett Bowles off a cliff just yet. Let's let's see it. Ben Powers was he as good as we might have expected for the price tag? Probably not yet. Uh, okay, not yet. week one preseason, y'all. FA coming in the second time. He says after rewatching the game, I'm even more encouraged. We look like a professional team out there. The concepts work. Russ has to trust it and not see ghosts. But the scheme looked great to me. 
I think I agree. You know, I, I what I saw was when the offensive line on, on offense, when the offensive line did its job, the plays, Russell Wilson, the receivers were effective for the most part. Okay. Well, offensive line is going to do its job most of the time. If you give up five sacks out of what 50 offensive plays, that's considered really bad. So you're doing your job most of the time. So if I've got 25 plays where I get 20 dropbacks and I get a clean pocket, Russell Wilson and these receivers are going to hurt you. Yeah. That's a good thing, Nick. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and just to your point, you know, add data to the conversation. Uh, Russell Wilson dropped back uh, nine, 14 times overall uh, in the game, went uh, seven for 13. One of the dropbacks ended up being a sack. Uh, but when he was kept clean, he went five for five, 100% completion percentage, 10.6 yards per attempt, uh, 53 yards total, NFL passer rating of 101.8. Uh, but when under pressure, he only went two for eight, 40 yards, so five yards in attempt. Did get one of those touchdowns on that. Uh, so imagine how bad it'd be without that, you know, big touchdown coming from that as well. Salvage is the passer rating and whatnot. But uh, really, it does seem like it's going to come down to, uh, again, we're taking very small sample size and extrapolating big things here. But from that one to just the ability to pass protect and whatnot is huge. I think that if the offensive line continues to look that poor in pass protection, the offensive scheme and points of emphasis would change. Uh, I think it would be much more run heavy just to not have the offensive line in that situation as much and protect Russ. Uh, because I think the Broncos passed two to one pass to run ratio. Well, it was like 30, I was trying, I was the, that look in my head where I was looking confused was me trying to do the math because I think it was like 37 to 25. Uh, but when the first team offense was out there, I think it was oh, okay, about okay, yeah. two to one. Mm -hmm. um, just based on the offensive line reps, uh, you can kind of follow that easily on Pro Football Focus's data sets that they have. But, uh, yeah, no, so I'd, I'd be curious as well, but FA coming in with $100, 99 98 uh, technically coming in here. Thank you so much. Has a, Russ has to trust in not see goats, but the scheme looked good. He, offensive line has to do a little bit better for him not to see ghosts as well. And I've typically been, you know, you don't have to have world beaters on the offensive line, but they didn't look even, you know, competent uh, out there against a pretty poor Cardinal team. Sean Payton took a podium yesterday, made it sound like, you know, he's not too worried about it. But I think if, you know, we're after another preseason game and they look that poor against, a 49ers team that has, you know, Nick Bosa and Javon Hargrave. We'll see if those guys play. Uh, then we'll, we might get a better idea. Well, and like you said, I, I, I truly believe you're going to try and dictate with the run first. And when you've got mm -hmm. McGlinchey out there, you've got everybody out there that you're going to have and everybody stays healthy. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to run. And then that will take pressure off the quarterback. If you can, if you can run the ball, Troy coming in early. Uh, Troy read the headline and said he had a bad connection. So I, I actually want to address this, Nick, because Troy makes a good point, even though it wasn't the point he made that he was trying to address. He says, hey, guys, we'll watch later. The ranking seems fair for now. That ranking was for Drew Sanders, which we'll talk about. That's the head of the show. It was a B-minus from NFL.com. 
and Troy thought it was for last year's draft class. He says, but a B minus seems fair for last, last year's draft class. If Nick Benito, Greg Dulcich, and Henningsen contribute much more and Mathis starts all year, the ranking could change dramatically by next year. So to, to Troy's point, is a B minus fair for what you've seen from last year's draft class? Or might it actually be a, I might even go a B. I might go a little bit higher than that. If I get a starting corner, if I can get in the second round, I can get a third edge. If I can get a, a quality receiver in Dulcich, which I, I think he will become, he was last year for sure, and I can get a rotational defensive tackle out of my draft class starting late second round, dude, that's a good that's a good draft. That's a real good draft. You're only missing there so far is kind of you know, Montreal Washington. Yeah, so be it. Awazarike. Awazarike, yeah. But again, Fifth, yeah. Fourth round, fifth round, fourth round, I think, early for Rosarike. Very early fourth. You know, you were drafting late. And if I can get four contributors when my first pick is in the 60s, I'm that's not a bad class. It's not a bad class. I do want to guard against are these guys taking the field because they are great, or are they taking the field because you don't have other quality competition around them? I mean, sometimes <laughs> you see that with like, oh. The, the for years the Jacksonville Jaguars started the most rookies, uh, the most snaps for rookies. They had all the, SEC uh, freshman teams were always loaded with guys from Vanderbilt, Nolmes, and Mississippi State who would yeah. finish last in the league because yep. they were playing all their freshmen. Yep, exactly. So that's the one thing I do want to guard against. Uh, you know, it's Henningsen. I think he looked good uh, for a rotational kind of guy. Can knife back there. I don't think he's got a great anchor, uh, sand in his pants, if you will. But you know, that's something. Uh, Dulcich. Tight end two seems to be displaced because the inline ability, but for pick what 75, 76, not bad. And Benito really standing out, but I just want to see what a lot of these guys look like in more competition. But I think BB minus is fine. It also depends on how you're grading the class um, because the Broncos are, the uh, how do I put it? They're starting on first base where a lot of people would be starting on third uh, with the capital that they had. Uh, but overall, I think, you know, looking like a pretty, considering the draft capital they had uh, making the most of their picks, their, their picks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Capital versus picks. Um, but considering Your what they had, picks. that's, that's what they are. You can call them those. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they had lesser than average capital, but anyway, Troy, thank you so much. Nine ninety nine picks. Lesser than picks. average picks. Every time yeah. you say capital, put the word picks in there and it still works. It's worked like that since the beginning of the draft in like 1940. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but to your point, Benito, uh, there's competition at edge. So if Benito gets in there and plays, it's because he's earned it, not because, oh, God, you know, why mm -hmm. is Steven Means on the field? Steven Means, oh Atlanta Falcons joke, y'all. Ada Yugendeji, they didn't have anybody, period. Mm -hmm. Benito has competition at edge. So if he becomes a contributor, it's because he's earned it. Dulcich, there's competition in the receiver room. Whether you call tight end or not, There, he he is out there. There are There is competition there. Henningsen is going to see field through osmosis. You know, it, now how does he look out there? He's, he's kind of a default Mathis, I think absolutely is an earned position. Um, let me see. Let me say a little differently in the second year. It was earned because they could have gone out and made some changes. He took advantage of an opportunity based on injury. Okay. And then he played really well. And then they felt good enough. It's like, we don't have to go out and get another corner. So, you know, Mathis, I think, is is, is good as well. So, Troy, I think that's a – I think uh, B for this class right now is is where it's trending, which is solid considering the level of draft picks you had. Yeah, the, uh, the, the picks were below average. I think they had the second most value in terms of the picks in that draft. But uh, we will see how it plays out year two, and a lot of these guys are going to have – opportunities and this class needs to do pretty well. I think I've said a few times on here um, how this class develops and how this new coaching staff can take them and put them in positions to succeed might have a large impact on uh, the George Payton's job here and how Sean Payton uh, views George Payton going forward. Like if he can take, you know, come in and, oh, you didn't have a lot of, you know, value in your draft class, but you still maximized it, then, you know, Payton might want to keep uh, Payton around, <laughs> of course, uh, the, from the, a-T-O-N to the A-Y-T-O-N. <laughs> Gary Palmer. <laughs> Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good <laughs> to see you, Gary. Bars. Yeah, that's, I'm just spelling being here. 
Gary Palmer, good morning, Nick and Scott, 999. Thank you so much, man. Hope you're doing well. Always appreciate Gary coming in. Also want to say hello to some more people. David Youngkin, good morning to you. Uh, I guess I wait until Sunday night to watch Broncos game because it's not on direct TV until 1030 Sunday night. That's no fun. Um, there are some uh, streaming yeah, sites. Yeah, David, can you can you can probably get a seven-day free trial on NFL+. Plus. Um, mm-hmm. It works on the Roku. That's how I watch mine. Um, the NFL app works well on a Roku. Um, and you get all the preseason games. So if you can get a seven-day trial, I would recommend it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're curious, I could probably maybe send you something over Twitter DMs if you hit me up. That uh, <laughs> was not the – you might have to click around a little bit, and you might want to install some uh, – you know, stump to protect your computer, but uh, Hey, I'm West coast and I, otherwise I'm getting Seattle games and I'm not about that. Jeremy, Sean, morning boy, Sanders will be fine. Once he adjusts to the speed of the NFL and stops thinking that uh, I want him to keep thinking, maybe overthinking though, is the one you want. Don't want there. Dave Glassman. Appreciate you coming in. Kevin Gray. Right, I mean, you want to do your thinking pre-snap, you know, you want to do your, and React. Singleton was talking about that a lot yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like why, you know, I took a chance and it, I love it anyway. On that big play, he had that big tackle for loss. He goes, not a lot of teams are running play action on third and one. You've heard me say on third and long when teams run play action, I want to fire somebody on the spot. It's mm-hmm. third and nine, third and 16 play action. I want to f- just fire them. It was like, whoever called that play, you're fired. You don't even get to finish the game. Speaking of getting fired up. <laughs> um, so he sold out and he goes, it was preseason. I had to, it was fun. And mm-hmm. Then he went and talk a little bit about, um, you know, and, and Josie and I will talk about what we're going to do, you know, pre-snap. Hey, and, and then we can cover for one another if we want to take a chance on something like that. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you want guys thinking, overthinking, like you said. You you don't want them to be in their head. You want them to play instinctively, I think, is the, the, the term you're looking for there, Nick. Yeah. Reactionary and have it be second interest. I think we talked about it on here a few days ago, but, like, when there's a natural disaster going on, the people who tend to live are the ones who have – practice the scenarios and they like when you're in a scenario like that, your uh, hippocampus, I think loses its blood. So you kind of go uh, lizard brained for a little bit. And uh, that means that stuff that you have in like muscle memory takes over. And that's where you want to be with a linebacker. You don't want to be overthinking. It just needs to be, you're not even thinking. It's almost like you're in a zone, so to speak, not zone coverage. Uh, Kevin Gray. Good morning, Scott, uh, Nick, big mile high salute. Good to see you. Alex Salazar. Good to see you, Alex. Donald Willison always coming in. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Jay Roper in the house saying, holy cow, I'm up. Nick, we need to talk about Stidham. Has a great arm uh, take for a couple months ago. He does have a good arm. That, that doesn't over – he looked really bad in this game. I think he was also one of the most pressured quarterbacks in this game. He was really bad, but he has he solid arm. Tackle. Russell Wilson was most. Yeah. The most – you know, the we, we showed it last night. You sent it to me. We showed it last night on, um, on the Mile High Huddle podcast that the most pressured quarterback of all the quarterbacks, and everybody probably – most teams played three, so they're probably mm. – 75 quarterbacks that played over the weekend at least yeah russell wilson was pressured the most jared stidham was pressured the third most and ben denucci barely got breathed on yeah. wow which quarterback looked best hmm. <laughs> and the run game how that getting... works isn't it and the run game with denucci was getting some explosive plays no, as we, well, we said so... that yesterday i, I yeah. felt like the the backups for the broncos did better against the third teamers, you know, the, the, the back end of the roster held its own where the first team little looked a little discombobulated to start. Yeah, uh, they definitely did. Uh, but I mean, Stidham still has a good arm, um, but he did not look good in the game. So it just, we'll see what he looks like going forward. I think we have more of a competition here with Danucci and Stidham than uh, let's on. We'll be fun to watch. Robbie red says, good to be back live. Good to see you. EJ. Good morning. Uh, who else is worried about Max Crosby makes a hall of fame against us week one. I'm worried as well. Also, they took uh, that uh, Texas Tech edge rusher who's kind of just a you know first guy off the bus looking dude who I can't remember Wilson. his name. Uh, Tyree, Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. Tyree Wilson. So uh, the Raiders have some talented edge uh, rushers, but the rest of the defense I'm not super worried about. And their offensive line outside Colton Miller, I'm not super worried about. So uh, we'll see how it plays out. But yeah, Max Crosby, hell of a player. Good morning, Philip, and good morning. Michael, good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos and Buckham. Hope you're doing well, Michael. We appreciate that. Thank coming you for in. the stars, oh, Michael, as always. Lawrence coming in with some big boy stars over on Facebook, too. He says, I noticed our best plays this season will be slants. Past tense noticed making a prediction will be. Maybe. Uh, it's a big focus on practice in our games, but Russ needs to work on releasing the ball quicker. He's holding on to it too long. 
compared to the league, it's too long, and that will be a spot to address now, or maybe like yesterday, hopefully. So yeah, they um yeah, I mean, getting rid of the ball quicker is part of trust, part of trusting the system, part of trusting your line, trusting receivers, all that type of things. Again, I liked what I saw from Russell Wilson when he had time to throw. I can't say that last year. I'm like, okay, you know, I said that earlier. These guys can hurt you when he has a clean pocket. Well, duh, that's pretty universal across the league, Scott. Wasn't last year. I had no faith him dropping back to pass that there'd be anybody open. And if there was, that there'd be a pass completion or that even have time to throw. Game I saw with Russell Wilson was like, is he washed? Typically, that's a physical trait. Typically, Mm -hmm. you know, unless the guy's had his eggs scrambled too many times. No, he's moving around well and he's got a freaking cannon for an arm. Yeah, he's not washed. Can he play at a high level in the system? Remains to be seen, but the tools are still there. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know if he's going to be the quarterback he was, you know, six, seven years ago in terms of the elusiveness and the explosiveness Mm -hmm. outside of the pocket. I think you're probably gonna have to marry that a little bit more to the cerebral side of the game. But what made Wilson good was that play action, deep passing stuff and uh, not full field uh, demanding reads within structure. Sometimes you get to you know, the backside of a play, but it'd be out of structure. So we'll see what it looks like this season uh, with him. Again, I think it keeps coming back to the strength of the offensive line and the potency of the rushing offense. It needs to be good enough that teams actually bite on play action that are actually playing base that are playing cover one, cover three. So you have those deep shots available to you versus, you know, the cover six that we're seeing take uh, across the league right now, pretty much saying you can, you can have the underneath, you can have the middle of the field, you can have the run game. You're not beating us deep. Well, guess what? When teams do that, it's pretty damn hard uh, for how Russell Wilson wins football. So the rushing game needs to be competent enough and the quick pass game also uh, needs to be much better than it was last season, but we'll see uh, if anybody's going to get him right. It's probably Sean Payton. He's one of probably, three quarter three of the best coaches i'd trust to get him right in that in the pass game situation so yeah we'll he see. was the right coach for this team and then we'll we'll see what happens see how it, it pans out this year but you know lawrence coming in with back-to-back good size stars lawrence thank you for the support he says two to three seconds max for a great qb anyone held it longer dropped off and any qb mentioned look at the stats yeah i mean and it's it's also throwing on rhythm part of that mm-hmm. y'all, y'all heard me say before you know how many times even at the college level if you see a five-step drop back foot plant ball comes out it's completed 95 percent of the time on the first read one two three bang um so that's part of the speed of it that comes out you hit your first read as the, the farther you have to go down your progressions the less likely you are to have a completion that's just football nick yeah and i'm curious how much they're simplifying the reads for him uh because i think playing faster is better but maybe last year he put too much on himself in terms of the pre-snap and post-snap read Maybe they're simplifying it. I've heard talk of a lot of half-field read kind of stuff that we uh, have come to love from that uh, Shanahan system. And if you're reading high to low and you can use a little bit of athleticism to protect yourself, that's not the uh, not the worst. It can win you a lot of games. Maybe it limits you some to some point, right, if you don't have the ability to do the full-field reads. But that's uh, that's okay. You can work around it. Albert Knoppers, good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. Good morning. Bama X is on a long road trip, so driving from Green Bay to Alabama. Good luck to you with the family, hopefully. You guys find a nice podcast or audio book to listen to to enjoy. Sting Guy says, good morning. I said earlier, don't expect much from the team this year. Still a lot of holes in the roster. Just be happy it'll be better than last season. Yeah, Scott, talking about overreaction, uh, we had the Broncos probably at, what did we say, nine wins? Uh, yeah, about? I think nine and eight, ten and seven felt about right for me for this team. Do you feel any differently after that very small preseason game? No, not yet. I, I can't. Okay. I haven't seen enough to, to make me swing one way or the other on on a prediction for games i think this roster is still good enough to be better than average again it, what it, what i see though is the two years i've watched this team prior and there's still a lot of those same players out there don't go away in one off season no you know some of the some of the bad habits in there don't just automatically go away the screen passes the the blown assignments on the offensive line um yeah. That's going to take a little time that again, the screen was the big one for me. What I noticed like, Oh, well that didn't get fixed right away. Um, because the screen is a big weapon in a Sean Payton offense is a short dump offs to the running backs. Alvin Kamara averaged 81 carry 81 receptions, four years running. Um, they better be able to get the ball to the back 
outside of the rush, uh, you know, behind those guys coming in. And they weren't able to do it yet. They'll work on it and work on it, work on it until they get it right. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully it'll be a little bit more explosive too with uh, Javante Williams back. But yeah, the screen plays did not look great. The PFF only has them credited for two. I feel like there was more than that. Uh, I thought there was about three or four with the first team offense, but maybe two is correct. Maybe I'm blurring the first and second team. Ryan for Thompson screens? for screens. Now, maybe the ones that get knocked down at your face before you get yeah, them off are not considered screen yeah. passes. Yeah, exactly. I felt like three of the batted balls I saw were supposed to be screens. Based on how the offensive line worked, uh, I, I would agree with you on that one. Not the one where I don't think the one where uh, Powers was beat was a screen. I think he just got straight up beat by uh, Blaylock, uh, Blacklock. But uh, that's you know, we'll see how it plays out. Swink McLeod, good to see you. Quentin Caldwell's on the house. Says morning, everyone. Hope you're doing well. Uh, hope hope things are well with you, Quentin. Always appreciate Quentin coming in and saying hello to us. That's uh, good we to got see some familiar faces again now that football is. Some some folks took the yeah. summer off. Welcome back. It's good to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Lou 101, first game, Dyro line, weak punts, dreadful kicking, too many penalties. Big drop by Jerry Judy and decent D late. Uh, then late fourth quarter, one score sounded familiar. Sean Payton will fix it. Keep the faith. Yeah, small sample size, a lot of things. And uh, we'll get more of an idea with this 49ers game than we even had with the Cardinals game. So, and I'm not, I don't care at all that the Broncos gave up a touchdown with the last second with the fourth stringers out there. I mean, that's just, it's not a big deal to me. No. And the, the, I agree with Sean Payton on that one. I would rather have them go, have to go the length of the field for a touchdown with a minute and 15 as opposed to kick a field goal with 50 seconds left, you know, cause that was some of the questions like, why didn't they do this? Well, cause they could have taken two timeouts and they would have gotten the ball back uh, on the 25 or better with, with 50 seconds left. Well, that's two completions and you're kicking a field goal. Um, the defense was a little soft out there and the guy that got beat for the final touchdown, I'll be shocked if he's on the roster uh, September 1st. Yeah. Absolutely. Ray J in the house. Good to see you. Mark Schrader. Always love Mark. Hope you're doing well. Big Geese says, I think as soon as the offensive line gels, the Broncos will start to look better. That's going to be a big one. And hopefully they do. Uh, we'll see. Uh, that's, I think that's going to be the biggest make or break for the season. The offensive line. I think you'll Russell Wilson. I'm not expecting top five quarterback from him ever uh, again, but I think you can get top 10 out of him. Uh, but it's going to, he's a dependent piece off of a offensive line in a run game and how it looked was not good enough to get to that level of statistical output. In my opinion, and so the, far, we got a long way to go. Bars higher, mm -hmm. you know, for what is a top 10 quarterback, a top 10 quarterback right now is a really good quarterback that you can win a lot of games with. Yeah. So if you can get into the top 10 again, you're, you're feeling pretty good about things. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. The bar is higher. I don't know if we have, I mean, Mahomes is arguably his, I mean, not arguably his start to his career is the best statistical we've ever seen. Now, some of that is because the game has changed and the output is higher for the passing game, but incredible but for years and years you know it's tom brady and peyton manning now we have you know six to eight quarterbacks who are vying for that number two spot i guess behind mahomes unfortunately but uh we'll continue to see how it is and unfortunately almost every single one of them is in the bleeping afc it's pretty <laughs> pretty damn unreal uh, unfortunate but what can you do michaela israel good morning to you hope you're doing well zach powers coming in good morning tim Durr, morning fellas what's good broncos country Buck you all. Yeah. And make sure if you guys are a buck you all as well, drop a thumbs up on the way in Facebook, YouTube, wherever you at. subscribe to the show, subscribe to mile high huddle, follow Scott and I on Twitter. Uh, so we appreciate you. If you would do that for us uh, and uh, we'd rather have the super chats, but you know, that's completely free if you're dropping the <laughs> thumbs up and whatnot. So we appreciate that. But I was wondering how long we're going to keep calling it Twitter. I was thinking, well, they still have twitter.com as the links to their tweets. It has now changed. It is now X.com. Well, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's, I don't really call it, I mean, are we supposed to just call it X, the X follow us on the X follow us on X follow us. I sound like I'm dropping hallucinogenics. Sounds like you're promoting something else that maybe a few other super chatters would be interested in, interested in Scott, uh, maybe <laughs> dropping an only fans with the uh, X.com <laughs> or something. But uh, yeah, I think the key to language is communication and understanding. And when I say follow us on Twitter or tweet or anything, you know what I'm talking about? So I'll probably, going to be hard for me to have some code switching on that one unfortunately it's like, it's like a stadium name man yeah. it, it's, it's, it's it was going to be um i don't know if they even call it three rivers or uh now as soon as i say that i can't remember the name of the damn stadium at san francisco iconic on the water 
not Safeco, but uh, oh, it, it was a it was like a, a real name, not a phony sponsored name. And now I can't remember. Little Stick Park. Oh, that just kills me. Let's move on before I embarrass myself anymore. But it was it was always freezing there on the water. Candlestick. Thank you, Tim. I said candlestick. Candlestick. I just... It's like it's always going to be candlestick. It's always going to be nice point, Scott. I can't remember the damn name of the city. Well, the point is, I don't know the name of the stadium now. Of course, they're not even in San Francisco anymore. They're like 40 miles south. But candlestick. Thank you, guys. Yes, it was always going to be candlestick park, no matter what they changed the the um, title sponsor to. So it's no. Twitter's going to be like that, too. I always love the story of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. That's my team, so I obviously know the fam- the uh, history there. But uh, they keep uh, Augie Bush, owner of the uh, Cardinals back then, came to the league and said, I want to name it Budweiser Stadium. And they're like, oh, my God, beer after a stadium? How could you do that? That's so immoral. We will not allow you to do that. It's like, okay, how about Bush Stadium? Um, how about I name it Bush Stadium after my family? They said, okay, that's fine. So they name it Bush Stadium, and then a year later, Budweiser comes out with Bush beer. Classic. Good job, Augie. <laughs> Always a yeah, little work around there. That. That's good. Yep. Yeah, um, Augie Jay, was a, and as right. Jay says, like I don't it's Mile High Stadium. I don't I don't really care. I I couldn't tell you. I'm not sure I could tell you off the top of my head what the name of the stadium actually is. It's Mile High to me. In Invesco. No, that's 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 three names ago. Yeah, I don't Mile. I don't I, I don't I really don't know. It's Mile High. Yeah. No, absolutely it's Mile High. Uh, stadium and uh, that's what it'll be forever and always so um, that would be great <laughs> sorry my wife just sent me a note underneath the thing there and she said she just come get your airpods natalie i have no idea where they are you're on camera <laughs> we're live but um yeah so uh let's get to the topic here um today we are i have an article here from nfl.com chad reuter who does a lot of good work uh covering the nfl and a lot of draft stuff as well i mean shout out to chad reuter because he does a lot of like four round and seven round mock drafts with like analysis. So he's been, you know, lifeblood for a lot of Broncos country the last few years. Cause he actually have, has written analysis about second and third round picks. So uh, God bless him for him for that. I don't always agree with the evaluation, but to slot, what is it? 300 some players with 300 some picks. I don't envy that. I love the draft. You could not pay me. You could pay me, but uh, I would not do that voluntarily. So shout out to Chad does a uh, wrote an article about all the uh, rookies um, in the game. And because the Broncos didn't have, Two of their top three rookies play in this game. Um, Mar- Marvin Mims is still working back from an injury, and Riley Moss is obviously dealing with a hernia-like injury, whatever that means um, from Sean Payton's language. Uh, but Drew Sanders uh, wrote about Drew Sanders, gave him a B, uh, and says Drew Sanders did not start for the Broncos in the 18-17 to loss to Arizona on Friday night, but he contributed on defense and coverage units. He secured one of his two tackles in zone coverage, limiting any gain after the catch by tight end Blake Whitehurt, The athleticism that made him a third-round pick was evident when he was dropping into coverage with quick hips, allowing him to get to the spot. The Cardinals picked up a first down in the second quarter, though, when the ball ball sailed over his head, and he got stuck in on a shorter route, sucked in on a shorter route. Sanders' speed will be an asset on blitzes, as he showed coming from the A-gap in the first quarter to force a quick incomplete incompletion before the Cardinals' receivers could finish the routes. While not the strongest linebacker, Sanders was not afraid to fight through his blocks and stick his nose into run plays inside. So Sanders, they give him a B, thought he looked okay. So uh, hopefully we'll see that continue. Hopefully, though, it'll continue to be the second string because I thought it did look a a tier difference compared to the starters, which it should. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times people get all hyped up about rookies coming in like, oh, he's going to definitely start over this player. I'd say hold your horses on that. I thought Jewel and Singleton looked much better on that first team unit than either linebacker on the second string. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I didn't see, I mean, I wasn't specifically watching Sanders. I was watching the lines of scrimmage much more. Um, so it's hard for me to say that B, B minus. I, I just didn't feel that he was in, that involved. Um, I'm like, this kind of felt forced to me that I was like, I have to rank a, I have to rank a rookie, one of his two tackles. And, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't know that he really did a whole lot, positive or negative. But but Nick, I was I was really focused on the trenches, and I am looking forward to seeing Marvin Mims and Riley Moss because I think we will definitely notice Marvin Mims when he's out there. And frankly, if you didn't see Drew Sanders out there that much, that's not necessarily a bad thing for a linebacker. Yeah, I there's a few plays here in the the part of Chad's uh, Chad Reuter, not Chad Jensen's article. Here talks about the strength here. 
uh, with the Drew Sanders, there was a few plays where he got taken on by an offensive lineman and was taken for a ride, uh, which I did not really love. The You want that linebacker to be able to come in and stick it. I know there's a power difference there, but speed to power um, can matter there. So if he can arrive with you know better leverage, uh, better technique, that'd be good because otherwise I'm concerned about his ability to be, you know, get, you know, Moses parting the sea kind of stuff with your linebackers, which you really don't want. Uh, and I saw that a few times from Sanders, but uh, overall, I thought he looked pretty good in this game. I'm, I do think that there's still going to be packages for him uh, going forward in uh, as a blitzer as well. And he definitely is an athlete, but the ability to know how to get off blocks um, for, as a linebacker, not a blitzer on the line of scrimmage is a different kind of skill set. And, uh, process things properly it's still he's still a work in progress at that linebacker spot both physically and mentally it's just just watching it i'm i'm just thinking that the linebackers should have a thousand tackles again mm-hmm. just because they're gonna have to clog the the, the middle of the line of scrimmage with numbers because mm-hmm. i don't think they've got the one or two guys that can control two players and hold their ground frankly i have trouble sometimes seeing them that they'll be able to handle one-on-one blocking let alone hold on to a, a double team that you're going to have to pinch in with numbers and the linebackers are going to be real active attacking the line of scrimmage if you're going to stop a run game just because you're light. You're light in the you're light in the box right now, Nick. Yeah, you are light in the box. Uh, I mean, really the only cloggers that you have right now that project to be in the rotation uh, would be Mike Purcell, which still don't know what's going to happen with him. I mean, hasn't been out there at all. You can save what 3 million from him. He was fine last season and I don't, I'm not saying you should move on from him, but I think the longer he is out, the more you can figure out, you can live life without him maybe. Uh, and also DJ Jones who's dealing with the concussion now, but Zach Allen, Jonathan Harris, Matt Henningsen, these are all kind of like knife in the backfield uh, kind of defensive linemen. So that is means those linebackers are going to have to be making plays. Uh, they're not going to be freed up as much and they, and they're going to have to be t- taking on contact as right. well. And that's a big I saw, Nick, I saw some instances where the two defensive tackles were actually lined up outside. They were lined up over over the tackles, leaving that whole there. wide middle wide open where you're going to have the, the, the two linebackers are going to have to crash in and take on blockers. They're going to have to be tough. Um, it's going to be linebackers are going to earn their money this year for the Denver Broncos, that's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. I'm worried about the health, just considering how many hits they're probably going to have to take. But as long as they're in the right position, I just I don't know if they have the defense really set themselves up. I think I can't remember what team it was. Oh, it was the Dallas Cowboys last year. Um, they were playing, you know, shout out to Dan Quinn, who did a he's really gone from cover three to a lot of match quarters and cover two stuff kind of really changed a lot of what he's done defensive scheme wise. Dallas, probably the best defense in football last season, probably again this year, but their defense exploded last season once they figured out that hey if we put in jonathan hankins who's only an okay nose tackle um we can free up the linebackers a lot more and i think their epa dropped like 0.2 or something which is an insane ratio uh, for expected points uh, uh average so skidding somebody up front who can really control the point of attack i think it's one of the reasons the cowboys also drafted nose tackle mozzie smith uh really control a great camp from all reports yeah. is somebody to watch Yep, Mozzie Smith, uh, defensive tackle. Uh, he's he was the number one on Bruce Feldman's freak list for a reason. I mean, he's just yeah. he's a and if there's character concerns, you know the Cowboys aren't afraid of that. No, they're not. But uh, that's something <laughs> I worry about for this Broncos defense. I just don't know if outside of DJ Sanders, they have anybody who can really control the line of scrimmage on the defensive side. And the Arizona Cardinals are not a litmus test for that. I don't know if the San Francisco 49ers are either. Now, Kyle Shanahan's one of the best run game schemers in the entire NFL. I'm not super impressed with the 49ers offensive line talent on paper, but we'll see. Uh, I mean, probably the best interior offensive line in football is unfortunately uh, the Kansas city chiefs and Broncos are going to have to figure out what they're going to do on the defensive line. Otherwise it's going to be way too easy uh, for Patrick Mahomes. They're not done. I'll keep saying it until I'm wrong or we announce a couple of new signings, but the Broncos are not done bringing in 300 pound bodies on the defensive line. They just, they just can't be. They just cannot be. There's too many guys out there that can make a difference uh, for this team. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And the uh, defensive tackle is probably number two on my NFL draft wish list for next year right now behind offensive tackle. Cause as you so eloquently put it yesterday, uh, there's no way in hell that Garrett Bowles is playing on what his contract is set up to be <laughs> next season. So uh, well, yeah. you should, you should take a tackle every year somewhere. I'm not yeah. saying use a first or second round pick on them, but 
every year. Let's grab a third or fourth rounder. And, you know, and, and it's hard. That's why we like having more picks, mm-hmm. you know, because more more shots means more possibility that you're going to hit. Mm-hmm. But you're you're right. I looked it up and you're right. They haven't drafted a tackle since Garrett Bowles. You're wondering why you're struggling at offensive tackle? Man, come on. That's 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. That's six drafts. Mm. How many players are still on the team from even three years ago? Not. Jerry when Vance did, Joseph was yeah. coach, there's like three guys left, Nick, yeah. or something like that. It's it's, it's maybe five. I, I don't know, but it's, it's a 90% turnover. And to go six years is a full generation of NFL players to not draft an offensive tackle in six years. That doesn't sound like the right way to build a team to this guy. Yeah. I'd be, I, if we had a bunch of, you know, data nerds that had more time and money to do that, I'd be curious to see what the, uh, the hit rate is on, uh, you know, round three offensive tackles. Uh, just I know what the hit rate is when you don't take a shot. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. But is it just throwing away a pick? Uh, in that scenario, if you're like, if you have such low odds, you know, I, I just want to see what the data said. It's like I taking know, a quarterback outside of the first round. We can go through the drafts and look through them and say, that guy's you fine. missed yep. on three quarters of these guys in the last six years. Yep. And I think talking about like the day three kind of offensive tackles, the question becomes, you're probably not getting a quality offensive tackle there, but can you get one that is good enough? That is like pennies on the dollar. I think that's the avenue. If you're looking to draft that direction, but that's a whole different conversation. Uh, Quentin Caldwell coming in here saying random question. Is it better to get lion coffee from the company itself? Or is it okay to get it from Amazon? I think probably better to get it from lion coffee itself. Cause I would imagine that Amazon probably pockets some when you order it through them. Uh, but maybe you have prime and it's a better deal for you to get it from Amazon. I think whatever, I mean, if you're just, if you're getting lion coffee, thumbs up uh, overall, that's, that's great. And uh, shout out to Patrick. Maybe he could answer you uh, after the fact as well but uh yeah thank you so much patrick yeah, lion coffee. And patrick will see this and if he answers we'll we'll say in here just hey go to lion coffee but lioncoffee.com uh, yeah. is uh you know they, they patrick keeps us well caffeinated it's been going on a while now so mm-hmm. thank you patrick um yeah. big e bronco has a suggestion he says go get indomitian sue uh to put that guy right in the middle um i, I just i don't know that you're in the position to get a guy like that who's on the one more year on his contract, two more years on his contract that you would either have to overpay one, which frankly, those guys at that level that have made all that money that they're interested in playing for a Super Bowl contender. And you just don't have that feeling as a franchise at this moment, mm-hmm. you go nine and eight, 10 and seven, get into the playoffs with some positive momentum. Then you can sign those guys on one year deals that are willing to come in and say, I like what they're doing. Let's take a shot with these guys. I just, yeah. I just don't see it right now, Nick. I don't either, and I'm hoping that there'll be some defensive tackles available. But long term, um, it's a position that the Broncos could certainly address, and uh, we know that Sean Payton, uh, in his time with the Saints and his Bill Parcells lineage, uh, coaching lineage, means that he's going to address the trenches in the draft early and often. I can't think of too many defensive tackles they traded up for to go get, but I knew they really liked that uh, they took uh, Sheldon Rankins early in the first, and they've taken a lot of big versatile edges as well. Those type of like big linear body types like Cam Jordan. Sean he's Rankin's an edge. Missouri. What was that? Was he Missouri? Rankins? He Sean was Louis- Louisville. Okay. I'm thinking of somebody else then. Um, Sheldon, uh, Rich- Sheldon Richardson. That might be who I'm thinking of. No. Um, we Missouri. we took pride at Scout and making sure that our five stars were going to be eligible. And we went 49 of 50 one year. And that was the one guy that didn't make it into school was, was Sheldon Richardson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. And if not, I, I'm sorry, Sheldon, you were an excellent academic person and I'm confusing you. Um, but Keith says, I like Scott's idea to get some big guys in the middle that can free up edges by taking double teams. That's not a Scott concept by any stretch of the imagination. When you're running a three, four or, you know, a, a five, three in this case, but when you're running three down linemen, that's their job. Mm -hmm. Their job is to hold on to space. If you get anything else out of them, it's gravy, but their job is to just hold the line of scrimmage and take on double teams. That's it. That's, that's the basis of a three, four defense is your four 
two edges, two inside guys are the stars of that defense. It's a mother effort of a job. It is no glory whatsoever, but that is the basic principle of a three, four It's taking on a double team and holding the line. And it's light right now, Nick, it, the, 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 your, your light on your light on DL. Yeah. And I did not think, uh, uh, Zach Allen had a great game against Cardinals as well, which uh, puts a little bit of a red flag for me as well. It's a big thing. You know, Zach Allen's killing it. Well, is it because the Broncos offensive line backups and in general stink or is it because Zach Allen's great? We won't know until There's we know four, three end. That's I mean, he had some, a lot of a uh, B gap rushes last year where he was pretty successful in that, but he was playing with JJ Watt and, uh, some first round linebackers behind him. So I don't you know. Would you be better off? And you'll see multiples. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I saw one of the teams was introduced there starting defense was introduced as a nickel as a four, two, five. You'll time. see some force, some, some four down linemen. And that might be where this team is, is better off. Or are you better off with a four, three with Allen on one side, Gregory on the other. And then you let Baron Browning and Drew Sanders run free on the outside with a, with a single inside linebacker or move Singleton around or whatnot. But again, how how are you going to make up for your lack of size and strength in the trenches? I think you need another man. You're going to need mm -hmm. another guy down there. Yep. And Eventually, that's, that's a, that becomes a four-man front instead of a three. Yeah, and they ran a lot of uh, penny front in the game, which is, uh, what is a penny front? It's when you have the three interior defensive linemen, your two edges, and a singular linebacker. Mm -hmm. uh, we saw a good bit of 4-2-5 with two interior defensive linemen, two edge rushers, two linebackers, and then your classic you know, nickel and two safeties and two boundary corners, uh, and a fair amount of base as well. So I'm curious to see how much uh, rotation we see going forward. The Broncos luckily play in the AFC West, which is very much a – or has been a nickel defense-dominant uh team or division, but the chiefs kind of pivoted last season, uh, going a lot more heavy in their 12 and 21 personnel. Granted, Travis Kelsey is essentially the best slot in football. Is he a wide receiver? Is a tight end? I don't know, but uh, they're using a lot of that. And that means Broncos are going to have to be able to at least live in base and hold up on the defensive line. And against, uh, Joe Thune, uh, the, gosh, the centers decreed Humphrey and, uh, Trey Smith out there in the interior trio for the chiefs. It's Broncos don't match up super well, uh, against that trio. Not a lot of teams do, but again, the, the defensive line, uh, my biggest concern from the game was the offensive line. My biggest mm. concern for this team is still the, the defensive line, your ability to, to stop guys on first and 10. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looking at second and five and third and twos all game, it's going to be tough. It's yeah. going to be tough. Like, like, like I said yesterday, Nick, I felt really good about the perimeter of this team. Um, you know, a, a donut team is, you know, got a team without a quarterback. You got a hole in the middle. Well, it's, it's a donut right now. There's, you, you feel really good about what you've got around the edges right there in the middle, the three guys on the defensive line, the three guys inside. It's just, it's the lines of scrimmage worry me a little bit, yeah. not as much as the entire team last year. And at least we're talking about pieces instead of. Yeah everything's off the rails and it's impossible to tell what to do. Yeah. Uh, Lawrence comes in. He says, I think we need another defensive star. Who doesn't Yeah. Uh, to make Patrick Sertan shine more. If someone was there to rush quarterbacks thrown his way as what we should be looking for. And, and they've tried Lawrence. That's the thing. Can Randy Gregory be that guy this year? You're paying him to, he's making number one edge money this year. If he doesn't, he'll be gone next year. Uh, he won't play on that contract next year either. Otherwise, if he does great, You've got him under contract for another year. Um, but his contract is set up that if he does not produce this year, he's gone. Mm -hmm. um, Baron Browning hasn't been able to stay on the field. Um, Christopher Allen, um, um, you've got some guys there. Christopher Allen back on the field. Can he make an impact? Maybe. Uh, Nick Benito, incremental improvements. Jonathan Cooper has been okay. But yeah, I mean, every everybody needs the, the, the best the best pass defense in the world is a quarterback on his ass. Mm -hmm. And if you're throwing it up more because you're under pressure, it offers more opportunities for your defensive backs to get interceptions and the pass rush for sure. I mean, it, it's, it's a big one, Lawrence. It's a good shout. Yeah. The Broncos don't have a star on their defensive front. And that's probably the biggest thing um, for an elite defense, in my opinion, unless you have uh, just put it in Madden terms, 
seven, six to eight guys who are eighties across the board that you can rotate. Kind of like we saw with the Eagles last season. Hargrave is a very good player, but he's not, you know, Chris, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones level defensive tackle, but they went eight deep on that unit. It's pretty hard to do that. Also uh, to build that type of defense. Typically you only see that for a singular season because it's almost impossible to keep that much talent together on the defensive line and healthy at the same time. So it's a blip. It's not really a sustainable model. Uh, so that's why teams just continually invest in it. I like to use the analogy of a building a fire. You know, you don't just build a fire and then let it go and then put logs back on it after it's, you know, smoldering. No, you want to keep continually feeding it. And that's what you want to do in the trenches. But uh, that's something that the Broncos have not done so well on the defensive line. Losing to Wazirike, uh is definitely a sting, but we'll see. Uh, Broncos have, that's, that's parity in the NFL, right? No such thing as a perfect team. You're always going to have areas of weaknesses that you want to address. And right now the Broncos... Uh, defensive line is a big one. Scott, I will say I'll disagree with you a little bit um, on paper. I think the offensive line has more talent than the defensive line, but for how this team is built, I think struggles in the offensive line are going to be much more amplified right. than that on the defensive line. I just, I have more faith that the offensive line will be a positive unit for this team than I do the defensive line, not relative importance. I just think yeah. that because they have more talent, Yes. The investment in it. I think the offensive line personnel wise is okay. Theoretically. theoretically. I just, I, I feel we talk about ceilings and, and floors. I feel the ceiling of this offensive line is higher than the ceiling of the defensive line. I just don't think you got the bodies on the DL. I think you I do on the OL. I agree. I guess my point, you probably agree with this too, is that the defensive line, because of the pieces around them, I think they can mitigate some of those. And if you're just getting yeah. beat up, you know, there's, there's a point where it doesn't matter. Uh, but I think overall they can mitigate that a little yeah, you bit. Throw extra bodies at it. You know, you can yes. you can scheme. You can go you can go with a four. I can bring somebody up in the gap. I can I can help cover for a bad defensive line easier than I can cover for a bad offensive line. Yes, it's because you have as a unit. Yeah, I'm more concerned about the, the defensive talent. line playing at an NFL plus level than I am mm -hmm. the offensive yeah. line. Not the importance. Not the yeah. importance of of each unit. Yeah, not put, not putting words in your mouth. I just think the. Yeah. The way I'm viewing it right now is you can hide the defensive line, especially because right. you have incredible uh, secondary players. Yeah. I mean, probably two of the best in the entire NFL at safety and cornerback. That means you can kind of scheme up a little bit. The offensive I just, line. I have more faith in this OL than I do the DL. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, the OL did not look great. And we haven't I even don't. talked about the uh, the kicking game um, at all. So uh, I guess we did a little bit, but uh, we'll follow that. Special teams, special teams, special teams. Keith Brugman coming in saying, uh, Marvin Mims or Riley Moss, who are you more excited to see in the upcoming preseason games? I'm going to say Marvin Mims because I do not think we are going to see Bradley Moss uh, coming yeah, off. I wonder the... how much we're going to see either of them, to be honest with you. Unless I, I don't remember him saying that Mims was going to play for sure this weekend. I don't know if Mims is going to play for sure, but he has been in practice and training camp. And I think they're playing it easy with him. I think we will see Mims this week. I don't think we're going to see Moss uh, at all. Unfortunately for Moss, uh, for the rules, I think they have to keep him on the active uh, roster where like Browning, because he started off uh, training camp and everything on the pup, uh, they can put him on the short-term IR and he can come back after eight weeks. Uh, but I think Moss is not eligible uh, for that uh, designation. So definitely excited to see Mims more than Moss because I don't think we're going to see Moss. Yeah. Uh, um, and frankly, the, the wide receivers should, they're more exciting than the cornerbacks. <laughs> you know, it's just, a cornerback doing his, his job is should be boring. Uh, and I don't want to hear his name. You know, he's 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 not getting targeted. They're going opposite directions. Um, Mims should be a factor in the kicking game. And uh, with the ball in his hands through six to eight targets, possibly a, a week. So yep. uh, Mims should be more active. I can think of a better word than active when he when he's out there. Uh, Tim Durr comes in. He says, I know you guys have probably talked about it, but there were some positive things I saw from Russ, but him being uncomfortable in the pocket really scares me. It should. Um, as a 5'11 quarterback, having guys in his face is bad. Uh, mm -hmm. We're not talking about Roethlisberger back there who could stand up like a statue and throw over guys draped on his legs. Uh, it's a different style of quarterback. And if if you need to keep Russ clean and he needs to get rid of the ball quicker. We've talked about that for sure. And uh, the arm strength is just fine. And he needs to be, the pocket needs to be moved. He needs to yeah. be bootlegging. They need to um, not leave a stationary target back there for people to tee off on. The thing is, 
Russell looking comfortable back there. He was pressured on was eight of his dropbacks, seven of his dropbacks. I mean, I don't know how you could look comfortable uh, back there getting hit that much. And also with how much the Cardinals uh, blitzed in that, I think the Broncos will have to uh, figure out And teams last season. They kind of just, you know, really were soft on their edges um, rushing the quarterback because a, they thought the Broncos run game personnel was, but, but, and they were um, B U T T. Uh, and uh, this year, hopefully, going to be a little bit more aggressive and take advantage of those soft edges. And with that, then maybe Russ can escape the pocket a little bit more. But right now, teams are just kind of you know playing slow roll uh, with their pass rush on the outside and uh, trying to keep Russ contained because they know that uh, he will probably try to escape. So better run game, hopefully, protect that. Again, it just keeps coming back to the offensive line. Um, there are quarterbacks out there that are so talented that you don't have to have an elite offensive line for them to function. I think Russell Wilson's play style specifically. Uh, is not one of those kind of guys. You know, he's not the quick pass, pre-snap, full field reads. Like if we had Peyton Manning back there, obviously you want to protect him. Uh, but that kind of cerebral quarterback, I think his ability in the quick game can mitigate offensive line issues, pass rush issues. I don't think that's Russell Wilson. I think he's yeah, as that, dependent. That's not fair to every pretty much every other quarterback that's yeah, okay. ever suited up. Okay, well, let's say Joe Burrow then. Right now, his I, style I of play, I think, would be better to protect a leaky offensive line where I think Wilson is emphatically dependent on the success of that unit in the run game prime Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Who for the worst team, I mean, his numbers for a bad Houston Texans team is last year were pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but yes, I get it. Um, Michael Rankio going to close us out here today, uh, with the stars. Appreciate you. Michael he says great show today, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. It's good to be back three days a week. Go Broncos and buck them. Yeah, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you, Michael, coming in. Hopefully everyone's doing well. Big E comes in and says, uh, what kicking game? We don't have one. And, oh, now I know we, we can hang out here. Ernie Mays, go Broncos country only. Appreciate you, Ernie. Hope you're doing well. And uh, that's going to have to do it for us, guys. Uh, we will be back again. I'll be back again tonight uh, with Carl on building the Broncos. And Scott and I will be back again tomorrow morning to talk a little bit of NFL and some Falcons uh, as well. So uh, Falcons are an interesting team this year. I'm excited to cover them. Should be a really awesome, uh, fun offense back there for that team. So make sure you guys are following Scott and I on X so we don't get sued. Uh, Scott is at Scout Kennedy. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also follow us at BFB underscore pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle pod. And as the ticker says here underneath, please subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube and uh, on Facebook as well. Drop the thumbs up on the way and shout out to Troy Bauer for the super chat coming in here. Gary, I think uh, Gary Palmer is in here as well. Michael Ronquillo, FA in here dropping $49.99 twice. Thank you so much. Lawrence Rivera coming in as well. Michael Ronquillo. Uh, did I miss anybody, Scott? I know no, we had... You can click on that star tab and it will show you exactly who I okay. marked this. Okay, I, I did do that. I just wanted to make sure. And yeah, uh, Troy came in nice and early and, and gave us a new topic. Michael coming in, opening and closing, and F.A. right there coming in hot. Thank you, F.A. And then Gary Palmer, always big for us. And Lawrence, appreciate you over on Facebook, too. And, and everyone else, thanks for being here. Um, I hope you all had a good hour, spent a good hour with us. Yeah, always a lot of fun. Um, fun to talk to the Broncos, and uh, we will start to pivot towards that uh, 49ers game as well. And uh, hopefully some uh, injury news as well. Sounds like a lot of Broncos were out yesterday's practice, but uh, that was pretty, a lot of them I think were just being conservative with some dudes. So we'll know a lot more about the injuries after today's uh, injury as well. So Scott, any final thoughts? No, just Keith. I'll say hello to Keith saying, bring up, uh, say hello to Keith again, bring up Roethlisberger. Made me remember how I wanted him for a replacement for Elway. There, there might not have been a stronger quarterback in the pocket in the history of this game than Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, the guy was an ox back there. Dan Marino, you don't have to be mobile to not be sacked. Dan Marino was one of the least sacked quarterbacks ever because he had a lightning quick release. There's, there's more than one way to skin a cat in this game. Uh, there is no, we can talk prototypes, but there is no one way to get it done. And having... Russell Wilson stand in the pocket in a leaky pocket like Ben Roethlisberger is disaster. So you need either to shore up the, the the line in front of him, which the Broncos have done a have put a lot of effort into doing. And then you got to get creative. You got to move the pocket around. And, and and Jeremy, I guess my one final thought here, and we'll come back to uh, come back to Patrick. Was, was Russ struggling last year has increased blitzes from opponents, which is hurting our O line. If Russ fixes it, other stuff should slow as well. And, and you know what's going to help slow down blitzes more than anything, Nick? A running game. 
Mm-hmm. If I can run it down your damn throat, you are on your heels. Yeah. And you're in second and four. You're in third and ones. Third and eights are going to be really, really bad for this team. So you got to win on first down, which the, the, the Broncos haven't done in the two years I've been covering this team. Yeah, I will add the uh, something just bringing it on home. Uh, full circle for us. You know what else really helps uh, slowing down a very aggressive blitzing team? Uh, well-executed screen game. And uh, that's something that the Broncos are working towards, hopefully. And uh, somebody's saying, Scott, what are you wearing there? Um, we're in Chelsea Football Club, the uh, very active spenders right now. Yeah, they've dropped about $200 million in new players in the last 24 hours. So that's a lot uh, of capital. Rich American Scott. owner ru- ruining uh, ruining international football again. So cheers. <sighs> Those damn Americans. Uh, but uh, appreciate everybody coming in here. Um, everyone have a great rest of your day. Continue to choose kindness and compassion. I'll see you again tonight with Carl on uh, building the Broncos, but until then, have a great one. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country.